Welcome to People in Exile, where we have conversations, host interviews, discuss books, and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving world. Welcome to this episode of People in Exile. I am your host uh, for this uh, particular episode, Chris Chambers, and uh, I'm joined, as usual, per usual, as always, the Ben Ellis. The Ben Ellis. And Andrew Chamberlain. Andrew, actually Andrew Chamberlain? I'm actually Andrew. Oh. See, I was trying to do it a different way. Yeah. Okay, well, let's try it again. And we're joined with? Andrew Chamberlain. Andrew. Well, actually, Andrew Chamberlain. Oh, I like right. it. I like nice. it. I like it. You want to start yeah. over? That's good. All right, good. We'll, we'll, good. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it. Yeah. Everybody gets to see the hot takes here. <laughs> so, this is, yeah, no doubt. It's um, one of those kind of days. Hot, hot. Um, all right, so this, this year, um, J.I. Packer passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he, he's, written, he's written a lot. Yeah. Uh, but one of one of uh, many individuals, many call this book that we're going to be discussing and actually giving a copy away of this book. Oh, yeah. Uh, a classic. And it's uh, it's knowing God. Uh, all of us have read the book um, and uh, we all have, I believe, a copy in front of us. Uh, if if you're listening to this and you would like uh, to register to win a copy of this book, what do you do, Andrew? You should go to our Facebook page. Yeah. Like this episode. Uh-huh. Share it. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to throw one more. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, or another way. Yeah. Okay. If you will subscribe, Ooh, if we cool. find a new subscriber. Okay. We'll, we'll and then if they describe, if they do subscribe, what what should they do? How should they let us know? Well, they should make a comment. Yeah, they need to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So that we know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so but if you subscribe, you let us know. Yeah. You know that one's kind of on the fly for me. So. So if you so if you subscribe. Yeah. That's one entry, uh-huh. and then if you comment to let us know you subscribe. That's true. That's two entries. I like that. Oh. Uh, oh. Your chances of uh, of getting knowing God just doubled. Doubled. Yeah. And doubled. let me tell you. We're going to get into this. This book is really that good. It's very you tough. want this book. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm actually like reading. I've never read the back of this before, but like there's some like heavy hitter names on here. Like yeah. D. James Kennedy, if any work of Christian literature deserves the title of contemporary classic, yeah. I believe that J.I. Packer's Knowing God Qualifies. Yeah. Uh, and D. James Kennedy, uh, pretty smart guy in his own right. Yeah. Yeah, just, just to quote the other folks or the, the names here, R.C. Sproul, Chuck Swindoll, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, Elizabeth Elliot, Billy, Billy Graham. Graham. Yeah, 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 pretty cool. Michael Card, the the he wrote a lot of music. That guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that him? Yep. 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 There's Elizabeth s- Elliot. Yeah. Did you say that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Through Gates of Splendor, right? Yep. Um, all right. So um, I was I was trying to you know think how we wanted to kind of go through this. I, what what I do, and I've, I've mentioned it before, but uh, J D Greer actually mentioned this mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. And, and and I went ahead and adopted it is I'll, I'll create my own table of contents uh, of things that I kind of pulled out of the book, right? And uh, and my first reading through this, I didn't. And so as I started going through it the second time, uh, that's what I, I started making making this. So I have some notes from my from my second reading through. I haven't gotten through the, the full time, the second time yet. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I was thinking about going through and maybe having each of us kind of pick one thing that we wanted to talk about. And then I thought, you know what, just to make it easy for us, I'll just go ahead and pick some things and then we'll talk about it. So when you make your own table of contents... Yeah. Um, is that a, uh, I, I, I know this isn't the point of the episode, yeah. but I, I think it's cool. Uh, when you do that, is that for a future reference yeah. standpoint? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. For a future reference, I mean, for, you know, I mean, obviously thing, things like this, we can use it for, uh, mm-hmm. if you're teaching a class, right. It's a good mm-hmm. way to, to yeah. pull those things out. If you, um, if maybe you're, you're, you're reading through scripture, you're maybe teaching through something you think, Hey, I remember there was something in that book, maybe go through and quickly kind of find, Oh, this is what it was. I make my own indexes. Yeah. That's what I do. Like I do in the back yep. and I number them yep. and then I put the, the course, page number. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. 
Same, it's the same deal, same type of thing, right? Does it look like this, pretty much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very similar. I think the last book I did, I had like sixty some. You know, just, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty. It's interesting because this is one of the things that uh, if you're if you want to get better at this stuff, like there's all these little systems that you can put in play that will right. help you. You yeah. know, and and again, here's a, here's a and sim- find one that works it for you. You know, yeah. there's no like cookie cutter. There's a there's a, um, a silly concept. My wife, like you know, she's like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And and I get it from a reader. If you're already a reader, like what I'm about to say sounds dumb. Uh, if you're not a reader though, and and for me, for much of my life, I was not. Um, it was like a really kind of uh, light bulb <laughs> moment. It was, and it's the idea that if you just read a few pages a day, and you do it day after day. You're going to get through an entire book. Yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> and then you can pick up a second book and you could do the same thing. Yeah. Ben is shaking his head. Like I said, from a reader's perspective, if you're already a reader, you're like, uh, yeah. Um, but if you're not a reader, uh, again, just a little encouragement, right? Yeah. So, uh, you can be. So, yeah, we're going. I want to say, I want to share one there. Yeah. My mom got, my mom was a librarian and yeah. she made me read. And the way she got, I didn't like it either when I was younger. And the way she got me, she, she said, your first book that you need to read is something you really like. And so I read some like kids novel on basketball and that got me into it. And I'm like, you know what? I can actually do this, do this. Yeah. This is not because uh, when you're younger, especially when you see a book like this, you're yeah. like, man, that thing never get through that. No, no. And so just even being able to get through a book mm-hmm. kind of helped me encourage me like, no, I can do that. And, 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 you know, again, as from a reading perspective, right. As, as you go through and you mentioned as a child, certainly as a child, even learning to read period, right. Is, is something that uh, is a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you start seeing words that you have never seen before. And then you got to look them up. What does this mean? And that's going to happen certainly. And, and, and the more you mm-hmm, read, mm-hmm, the less you're going to have to do that. And the quicker you're going to get through books, you know? So uh, anyhow, uh, from a, from a pure learning perspective, right? Definitely, definitely. We, we would all encourage uh, you to read if you're yeah, not Yeah, because we give right? away books. I mean, that's kind I mean, of, that's, that's what we do, right? I mean, that's something that's important to us, each one of us. So there's, yep. there's a, again, there's all kind of stuff we could talk about here. I've got some things that, that I'll just bring out and then we'll, we'll, Sounds we'll, good. we'll hit them. All right. So he, he, uh, he talks about some, some trends, right? He says, he says the, uh, the conviction uh, behind the book is the ignorance of God, ignorance both of his ways and of the practice of communion with him lies at the root of much of the church's weakness today. Okay. Okay. He says two unhappy trends seem to have produced this state of affairs. Uh, trend number one, and, and I don't, yeah, okay. I'll give trend number one and trend number two. We'll start with trend number one is that Christian minds have been conformed to the modern spirit. And the modern spirit says this, the spirit that is that spawns great thoughts of man and leaves room for only small thoughts uh, of God. I would say that's a big, big, huge premise of the whole book, Knowing God, is that we uh, we flip that and that we start having big thoughts of God and, and, and much, much smaller thoughts of man. Go. Okay. All right. Well, I'll start. So the first thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this, but I'm going to give my own little introduction yeah. to this and then get to that. Yeah. In my reading history, this book ranks in the top five of most transformational books that I've ever read, mm-hmm. and I'm not including the Bible, yeah. okay? Yeah. Actually, just yeah. books written by mankind, yeah. right? So with that, the, the reason I, I say that is because the idea that you're first putting out here is like having big thoughts of God, smaller thoughts of man, or at least challenging us to see that we've mm-hmm. put, we, we've inversed those and yeah. we've made big thoughts. Okay. That was the big thing for me. Yeah. Like I read this later in my life as a believer and it was the first thing it got to me was like, 
and I'm sure we'll get to this at some point, maybe this is the same thing, where it's like, no, I'm the sinner. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, like, I, the there's there's an issue here without without Christ. So, you know, the, the thing is, is like, in this Christmas season that we're in, I've just really noticed how many, like, um, secular singers sing these real, and we talked about this yeah, yeah. in an episode previously, how, how many of these people are singing these really gospel-laden yeah. songs, right? Yeah. And I've, I've really thought, like, have they thought about that, yeah. you know? And, but then I think about the spirit of our time where we do not live in a time where there is no conversation of God at all. Mm-hmm. But we do live in a time where what? The thoughts of God are very small. Mm-hmm. And it's just, does it fit into the, our little corner of the world, so to speak? And I think J.I. Packer really challenges us in that in a yeah. good way because I think it gets you to, to realize and see like, well, wait a second. If this God is who he says he is, then this should absolutely transform our thought process of who we are. And um, and what's what's interesting is that way down, if you will, because we kind of lessen ourselves and elevate him mm-hmm. is then actually it, it it is a way down, but it's also a way up because it, it seems to free you. It seems to, you know, give you, oh, man, a much grander perspective. Mm-hmm. So. Start with that, to, you know. Yeah, the whole, like, like you said, the whole kind of biblical perspective that, like John the Baptist, right? Uh, I must decrease so that he, or he must increase, and I must decrease, uh, or the idea that you must lose your life in order to find, find it, it, right? Yeah, um, yeah it's 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 counterintuitive, uh, and yet it's a, a thousand percent, you know, correct. What about you, Ben? I think this big is, God this, theology. This right? is this is one of those things where I think is is we have to be careful how we think about these things. I think one of the things we have to remember too that you know the book was originally published and written in 1973, right? So we're in the middle of a, several cultural revolutions all happening at once. The sexual revolution being one of those yeah. one of those many issues that are happening all at the same time. And there is a shift, and, and, and Packer is writing into that shift, right? And that shift is very becoming very. Uh, human-centered, very man-centered, very self-oriented, and all those kind of things. But I think the reality is is that theology is not about thinking pitifully about man as if he is as if as if humanity is this is this awful creation and that it's never going to be it's irredeemable and it's awful and da 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 da. It's not so much that we need to think about poorly about man that man needs to think of be thought of as a poor creation but rather we need to think appropriately mm-hmm. about all those all those issues right and the reality is, is that you know Andrew pointed out I am sin I'm the sinner right it's humanity is the one who is the sinner so that is that is the appropriate thought of humanity but the reality is is that if we're going to think largely about God if we're going to think and value what he values we have to say take everything he says about creation extremely importantly right so when God says that he created humanity in his image. We have to think about man in light of that reality, not just in light of the reality that he is a sinner. Man's primary identifying issue is not that he is a sinner. That is actually added after the fact. It's a good point. That is that is accidental. The essential part, the issue, accidental, not in the sense that it was an accident, right. but accidental in the sense that it's it was added later after the fact. Mm-hmm. It's man's essential quality is that he's made in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think that Packer is is dismissing that, yeah. but I also think that Packer is writing into a very important time in which man has been elevated far outside of his station. So I think that that is the reality that Packer's trying to address is that we need to think larger thoughts about God, not because man is irrelevant or man is small, but because God is bigger, mm-hmm. right? So we need to think appropriate thoughts, right? Uh, Lewis, 
again, now 34 episodes, right. right? 34 episodes. Lewis says that when you put first, second things first, you lose both the second thing and the first thing. That, that but was when the you point put I was going to get first to. things first, everything holds its value better. That's that's the thing that, you know, you know, Ben makes a good point where I think I think sometimes we're challenged by like, oh man, I got to elevate God and devalue myself then oh, I'm losing myself, yada yada yada. But the reality is this, unless you do that, you will not find yourself. You know, there's yeah. nothing there, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like um that's the that's the that's the beautiful thing that I think Packer does mm-hmm. so well is that he's at you know it's, if you if you think of this from the lens of people trying you know all these different revolutions that been alluded to uh, all these people in those revolutions were trying to find themselves they're trying to define themselves they're trying to define reality and Packer's mm-hmm. like in essence you're you're never going to define it that way because you're trying to you're trying to color the picture before the picture is even drawn yeah. you know so. Yeah. Next, uh, next, next thing that I'll just point pull out here. Um, again, the, the title of the book is "Knowing God," right? And he says this: a, no, a little knowledge of God is worth more than a great deal of knowledge about Him, right? Uh, Re- repeat that for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. A little knowledge of God is worth more than a great deal of knowledge about Him, about God. And then what, what he goes on to, to do is actually gives some evidences of knowing God, right? Uh, and, and, you know, from a practical standpoint, I think it's helpful. Uh, and so let me just, let me run through those, and then, and then let's comment on them, okay? So evidences of knowing God. Uh, first, just kind of in the lead up here, he says, we have, we have said that when people know God, losses and crosses cease to matter to them. Losses and crosses cease, cease to matter to them. Uh, what they have gained, right, simply banishes these things from their minds. Uh, but here, here, here's the list that he goes. Number one, uh, those who know God have great energy for God. Now, I'll just go through all of them real quick, and then you'll comment. Sounds good. Uh, those who um, know God have great energy for God, uh, number one. Number two, um, uh, those who know God have great thoughts of God. I think we kind of hit on that a moment ago. Number three, those who know God show great boldness for God. Number four, those who know God have great contentment in God. Uh, and th- those are the four. Those are the four, okay? So uh, just to go through them real quick one more time. Uh, number one is uh, those who know God have great energy for God. Those who know God ha- have great thoughts of God. Uh, number three, those who know God show great boldness for God. And number four, uh, those who know God have great contentment in God. So what are, what are your thoughts? Again, a little knowledge of God is worth more than a great knowledge about him. Somebody want to want to just touch on that? Agree, disagree? Yeah. Yeah. So let's I always like when we start to think of these little things like yeah. this, like the my mind always goes to the man on the cross with Jesus mm-hmm. because I don't know why that just seems kind of like my litmus test for salvation, you know, for some reason. But anyway, so I look at that man and here he is on the cross. Right. Mm-hmm. And he distributes all four of these. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has great energy for God because even in his death, what is he yeah. doing? He's like, his affection is now towards Christ. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually defending Christ yeah, well, in, in the face of the other uh, I'm getting thief. ready to get to that one in just a moment. His thoughts are what? I want to be in heaven with you today. Yeah. He's thinking outside of just get me off this cross. Yeah. He actually doesn't even ask to be saved from the cross. I think that's kind of cool. You mm-hmm. know, he doesn't say, Absolutely. hey, you know, he thinks of what? The heaven. Mm-hmm. Third one, boldness. He defends Christ on the cross and he even acknowledges his own guilt and the other man's guilt, mm-hmm. right? And then fourth, contentment. Even on this cross, he is, I mean, 
and again, I don't want to overstate this, but it, it the appearance is, is that he's found his peace with God and he's okay to die. Mm-hmm. He knows he, from a sinful human perspective, he deserves that death, yeah. but mm-hmm. he has found great contentment. Like I have found the Messiah. And right. so you look at those four things and you see this man and he didn't have this lifelong knowledge that we know of, of God, but he mm-hmm. had what, as Packer said, that, that little, little bit. Yeah. So I just think that's a pretty cool way of putting it. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at that passage, too. I think it's actually not going to impact. It's going to impact how I read that passage now, I think. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that Packer's absolutely right. And I think the other thing, too, here is is that there's the, the relational aspect versus the purely intellectual aspect. Uh, you know, I always, I always like thinking through guys like Bart Ehrman, who knows the New Testament forward, backwards, and upside down. There's a lot of knowledge be- better, about Better God. than I do. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a ton of knowledge about God. Bart Ehrman also is a professed non-believer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's certainly a sense in which you can say he knows a lot about God but doesn't versus know, know God. God. Yeah. And I think that really is what I think ta- Packer is really trying to tap into here is that knowledge of God. In order to have knowledge of a person, there is a connection, there is a relationship. Relationship. There's a reality between those two people, or in this case, between man and this particular person and God, uh, and that's all the difference in the world. Because it's, uh, you know, I know it's a little cliche, but uh, the, the the old saying is is that you know most men are going to miss heaven by 18 inches, which mm-hmm. is the distance between your head and your heart. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's I think is a reality that I think Packer's tapping into. Uh, although he probably is saying it more eloquently and more more scholarly. So let's do this real quick. Um, and, and there's one more section, and, and we'll close out with that one. Uh, but for, as far as this section goes, um, what, what does that look like? Again, you went back to the man on the cross, right? You pointed to uh, individuals who certainly yeah, have had uh, much knowledge about God, have studied God right, mm-hmm. intellectually, uh, but never allowed it to penetrate the heart. Uh, so, so what does this look like today? Right? There's people in exile, right? We're, we're, we're all engaged in local church uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? When we, when we hear this, this idea, uh, like the number three was, was you know, or no, number one, I'm sorry, those who know God have great energy for God. What does that look like? Does that mean that, uh, uh, that you know, somebody that's at the church every single time the, the, the doors are open? Does that mean somebody who is finding ways in everything they do to leverage what, wherever their position is for the gospel? What, what does this I think look it like? Has, I think it has a lot more to do with the second yeah. rather than the first. Because I think if we, if we talk about, I mean, and look, I'm not trying to bash people who bash people or bash the reality of running to the church when yeah. the church doors are open. Those yeah. are it's a good thing. But I think the reality is is that when you look at the Great Commission, when you look at the when you look at the Great Commission, which is go therefore in all the nations and make dis- or go therefore and make disciples of all nations, he's yeah. really talking about sort of this progressive sense in which you're going out and everywhere you're going, mm-hmm. that's where you're that's where the construct of making disciples exists, not just in the church, but everywhere you go. That mm-hmm. includes the church, yes, but also includes everywhere else. You look at the great uh, commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Also, again, something that you do primarily in the context of everyday life mm-hmm. as opposed to just when I show up to church on Wednesday, Sunday, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the reality is that having great energy for God is something that you carry out in your whole life. So mm-hmm. it really needs to be you know, just this sense, this, this uh, sort of semi-conscious, uh, conscious, subconscious kind of reality that whatever else you're doing you're bringing that gospel with you uh, into all the interactions of your life. Yeah. I guess I'll take it a little bit different. Um, We, I think one of the challenges is sometimes in these types of questions and these things we go through, uh, 
I think unintentionally we create some like false dichotomies. And, mm. and what I mean by that is, is like, you know, Packer going back to that, that whole idea of knowing, how did he phrase it? Knowing versus, oh, versus about. Yeah. So not that it's a false dichotomy, but I mean, I think sometimes we interpret that wrong. Like, okay. It's either this or yeah, that. and and so like even with the whole like being a part of church or going and doing it, it's like, well, it's both. I mean, you know, we're commanded to fellowship together. I mean, it's a, Hebrew says don't forsake this, and mm-hmm. and then, and there's some people specifically that, you know, maybe depending on where they are in their walk with Christ, like this is literally the only way they know how to do this right now. They're like, they're trying to figure it out. So I just want to be careful in how we answer this because sure. we get a whole gamut of believers in yeah. different ranges. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. Brand new and, believers. Yeah. And, and well-seasoned believers. So mm-hmm. like, um, I, I would just encourage people this, that the best way that this is going to happen is realize that you, God has called you into a personal relationship with him. You know, again, I'm going to use a biblical reference. Remember with Peter at the, uh, after, um, Jesus has been, um, crucified and resurrected and he's restoring Peter and there's that interaction on the beach with the fish and all that. And then he, he informs Peter like, look, you're going to die for me one day. And then Peter looks and says, what about John? Yeah. And Jesus says, no, you follow me. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. something we are a community of believers, but we also are what individual. an individual. And and so with that develop your relationship with Christ. And, and I think that's what Packer's getting to you. You have that, you have that opportunity to really to know him and to walk with him. The the again, and I just want us to walk through this real quick. Um, to number two is is those who know have great who know God rather have great thoughts of God. We kind of talked about this, you know, having a big uh, thoughts of God, right? Great thoughts of God. He points to Daniel chapter two in particular, uh, and then Daniel chapter four. Uh, really, all of Daniel, uh, but this idea that that God is in control right over all of these things, He raises up, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, kings and he, and he tears them down mm-hmm. uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm reading through Jeremiah right now, uh, personally, and, uh, and and just seeing just how you know He's orchestrating all of these things, and again, just amazing stuff. Um, but anyhow, what would you what would you recommend for individuals maybe who who think to themselves, you know, I, I don't really think I, I have a very big view of God. I think it's you know, like like Pastor Jeff was saying yesterday, kind of genie in a bottle, kind of a kind of a mentality. Well, uh, the first thing I would think of right now is we're living in a time when we're learning so much even about our own galaxy and our solar system. Mm-hmm. And so, from my mind, when start I start there, uh, well, for me a little bit because it's like my goodness, yeah. you know, for so long we thought this was the center or this was the center, and it just seems like from a physical standpoint we we keep expanding that because mm-hmm. we're realizing what man, there's so much more out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, with that kind of thought. God being the creator, and if this creation is reflecting him, then what is this saying about his grandeur and his size? So uh, that would be one. My second one would be this, is that you were talking, in essence, a little bit like more circumstantial type of things, like Jeremiah, you know, like this event looks this way, but God's really doing this, okay? Um, I think that's always a great thing to do. I think one of the ways that we can do that that's really applicable is look to the previous seasons of our life. Mm-hmm. Would we have figured that season had got us to where we are now mm-hmm. or this event, yada, yada, yada. So I think that's a great way. And then the last one is this. If you want to expand, if that's the question, your thoughts of God, um, really start paying attention to what God's doing around the world in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, Just mm-hmm. look at, you know, as an example there, um, one of the countries I don't follow it super close, but I do follow it's like Iran and just uh, like what's happening in the church, like how God is really growing this church and this, Mm -hmm. this country that seems 
so um, like it couldn't happen. And so then that helps me like, well, wait a second, you know, what can God do? So uh, those are just some things I think of. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the great ways to think about this too is, is and Andrew's, all of Andrew's answers, I think really lean into this is, is that we have to get outside of ourselves. Yeah. Like we really have to stop seeing ourselves as the center focal point of reality. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's difficult that's, because it's Packer. I would say that's one yeah. of the main theses yeah. of the book. Absolutely. And it's, it's really challenging too, because your, your perspective, right. No matter how much empathy you try to pour on, yeah. right. Your, your perspective is only what you have to deal with. So understanding that you have to get outside of that perspective to see the world around you can be a very challenging process. It can be a very difficult thing to try to stick, step into. So it, that there is that to kind of juggle with. But at the same time, I think the really important thing though, uh, in all of that though, is I think coming back to the scriptures, I mean, cause ultimately, uh, ultimately that's where if we're going to understand God, the best place we can understand him is where he has revealed himself. Right. And if you want to start having big thoughts about God, yeah. uh, uh, take his word, understand his word. And then just like Andrew said, try to look at that, look at the world around you through mm-hmm. the lens that he's given mm-hmm. us. Right. If God really did create uh, the heavens and the earth, understand that now everything that exists really came from God who created it. And you can only create something if you're bigger than what it is. Yeah. Right. You cannot create something bigger than yourself. So we just have a few minutes left. So in uh, in kind of concluding this particular episode, and again, we're, we're just scratching the surface oh, yeah. uh, of, of, of the book. Definitely strongly encourage you yeah. to read it, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he, he, he says this, the question he poses is, do we, do I, right, let's internalize this, do I desire such knowledge uh, of God, and he says, if the answer is yes, right, then there's two things that would follow. Number one, uh, we must recognize how much we lack knowledge of God. And, you know, you mentioned a moment ago, Andrew. You know, again, run the gamut of, of whether it's a brand new believer or, or somebody who's been a believer for many, many years. Regardless, right? Regardless, acknowledging the fact that we know very, very little, right, of mm-hmm. God, right? Regardless of how long, it could be eighty years, right, and still mm-hmm. uh, that scratching the surface kind of mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> Is, is really yeah. where we are. It's the finite chasing the infinite. Yes, you know, it's, yes. it's, it's uh, we're never going to. It's, it's like a small. This it's, it's like a small dog chasing an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so so that's number one, and then number two, he says, is we must seek the Savior uh, again, the, the the Savior that came to seek and save the lost, right? Seek and save us. That, that while we were you know yet sinners, He died for us. Uh, he said, seek uh, the Savior. So the, the, any any thoughts on those two? Uh, kind of points there. Number one, we must recognize how much we lack a knowledge of God. Number two, we must seek the Savior. So the the first one, realizing what we don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm reminded of Isaiah when he's in the he, you know he's in the presence of God, and if I think I'm saying the right example here, it was like the hem of the garment mm-hmm. of God, and it like shakes the the throne room or whatever. But, but if I read that correctly, it's just the hem. It's like the bottom. And so maybe I'm making too much of that, but it, the impression it gives to me is here you have like the, the bare minimum of his. Yeah. The train of his robe filled yeah, the temple. Says, yeah, and it's yeah. like, holy cow. So I, I don't know. That always caught me like, wow, this is you're, you're, you're talking about the size again. So if, yeah. I mean, think about the person, you know, the best, maybe it's your spouse, your best friend, and you can list all these different details, but we can't even list the detail of size per se, you know, with him. So it just shows how little we know. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what was the second one again? Just to seek the savior. See, Oh yeah. So the, the thing that's really fascinating about scripture is 
the invitation, Mm -hmm. you know, the invitation and not only the invitation, but the guarantee that you'll find, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's really fascinating. And I'm I'm not trying to get into like, you know, I don't want I don't want this to be interpreted the wrong way. Um, But I believe it's C.S. Lewis who who makes the point um, that in the end, every man will get what he wants. Yeah. If if they want God, they'll get him. If they don't, they won't. You know, it's that simple. And and again, I'm not trying to expand that conversation because. I've had this with different people where it gets really big. The The point I think though, simply is this is scripture is very clear. If you want him, go find him. He's there. And so, uh, there is that invitation. I think the challenge then becomes, do we want him? <laughs> do we want to seek? Right. Yeah. And I think uh, that's absolutely true because, and I think the thing that goes through, it's always thinking about these things. One of the things that I think is so interesting is, is to think about the other side of the coin, right? So realizing what we don't know, we absolutely have to realize what we don't know. But the other, the other side of the, that coin though is, is this, and that is, is that God is continuing to reveal himself, right? Mm-hmm. Romans one tells us that in nature, he has revealed himself. The Psalms tell us in nature, he has revealed himself. And then we have his word, which is literally his word to us. This is who I am. Like literally saying, this is who I am. Now, is it a complete understanding of God? No, but it's a sufficient understanding of who he is, right? It's sufficient for who we are and what we can do in this time and in this frame, right? Run, understanding we're still finite, so that we're still going to have a limited understanding of who he is, but that that understanding understanding is continually growing and has the potential to continually grow because God is continuing to reveal himself to humanity. Uh, and then the other one is, is, is uh, seek the Savior. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think, the, and again, the flip side of that coin too is, is that remember that the Savior came to seek us, right? Scripture tells us that Christ came to seek and save the lost. Right. And we and I think it's easy for us to understand, easy for us to realize that we are the lost. You know, just like Andrew was saying earlier as he's reading his book, I am that sinner. Right. Mm-hmm. Understanding that as we seek and save or as we seek the Savior, we can seek the Savior because he sought us first. Yeah. He came here so that he could redeem us, so that he could save us. And then our responsibility, our response to that being sought is to equally seek. I want to make another point real quick back about the book because, you know, we're giving like this free promo to the book. Here's another thing. This is completely different than what we talked about. I've read a lot of Christian books by non-writers. This guy can write, too. Absolutely. Like like you have a lot of pastors. Yeah. And and they're good. There's not that they're bad, but sometimes you're like, well, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not very eloquent or something like that. Or like, okay, it's kind of cheesy or whatever. That's not the case with this book. Like this dude could write. Mm -hmm. He can write. He can. So... I think what you'll find, I just if we can do anything in this thing, and, and especially with people, this is like a tool you can use to live effectively in the culture you are now, but to also think of the kingdom ahead. Mm-hmm. And so, I would just encourage anybody that hasn't, you know. So, so the one, uh, one, I'm just looking at my notes here. One of the things for that first one, re- uh, recognize or admit, right, how much we lack knowledge. And you know, I made a note here that you know we even need God's help to even recognize this. Uh, and so, you know, I would say there, that there, there's times I think where. Uh, we can get to the point where, like, well, I, there's, you know, I, I'm, I'm good. I know I have a. You mentioned the word sufficient again in a different context than what I'm using it now. Mm-hmm. But I have a sufficient amount of knowledge of God. I think I'm good, right? right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we need to, you know, wipe that aside and say, yeah. God, you know, help me, right? It's to, just complacency, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so, anyhow, I'll, I'll end with this, and then one of you, if you would, pray for us, uh, and we'll close this episode. So he, he, this is how he ends this particular chapter. He says, this, "It is those kind of leaning back into what both of you said, really. It is those who have sought the Lord Jesus till they have found." him 
for the promise is that when we seek him with all our hearts, we shall surely find him uh, who can stand before the world to testify uh, that they have known uh, God. Uh, and that's ultimately, you know, what, uh, what Packer's uh, book is all about. So Amen. want to be a closing order prayer. Yeah, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you so much for just a conversation where we can talk about what it means to seek and to follow after you. And Father, we pray that for everybody who hears this podcast, uh, that God, it would be a place, it would be a moment where they are encouraged, that they are in uh, undergirded, that they are given tools to seek you and to know you better. Because Father, that is the deepest desire of our heart, to love you and know you more, uh, that we may love you with our all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And Lord, we just pray that as we go throughout uh, all of our days, that Father, this would be the, the rhythm of our heart, that this would be the passion of our heart to know you and love you more. And we pray that for every listener. We pray that for ourselves. Uh, we pray that selfishly. I pray that selfishly even for me, uh, that God, you would be the one overriding passion of all that I do and all that I say and all that I am. Uh, Father, we pray that we would be encouraged this week to know you and love you more than everything we find out about you, every experience that we have, every thing that we notice about creation, that it would draw us closer to you, we would understand you more and live more in accordance with your image accordingly. You know, we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. And just wanted to mention, too, uh, this will probably be the last episode of the year, and uh, we'll, we'll pick back up, I think, on January the 11th or so. so uh, enjoy the break. Merry All Christmas. Right. Happy Christmas, New Year. Everybody. See you on the Merry other as always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.